Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is understanding the lower self. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I would like to tell you about my new book. It's called Tough Problems, Tender Solutions, and I'm pretty happy with it. It's available in both Kindle and quality paperback at Amazon.com. Maybe the best way I can let you know about the book is just to start reading from it. I'm going to start reading from the introduction. The book is called Tough Problems, Tender Solutions. Introduction. This book is a love story. It is the story about the love between the most wonderful God and those who love Him. The refrain from an old rock and roll song is, to know, know, know Him, is to love, love, love Him. And so it is. These were the opening lines of the introduction to a book I wrote a couple of years ago titled, A Day with the Lord. Nothing has changed. The whole story of history is still a love story. But most people don't find the love that would solve all of their problems and give them joy and peace. There are reasons why people go to their grave never finding this wonderful love. First, they allow problems to get to them and to fill their minds, hearts, and hours. They become so fixated on struggling with their problems that they forget to stand back and get help from the one source that could really solve them. Of course, it is not all their fault. Part of the problem is the authorities that preceded them and who purport to lead and teach them. These authorities are themselves struggling with issues and have failed to find the holy grail of guidance from within and above. All they can do is teach others to futilely struggle with the problems just as they did. The second reason why people fail to find the perfect love they have always wanted is that they resent other people. Resentment, hatred, judgment, and grudges block us from finding love. You cannot hate and find love at the same time. Make no mistake about it, unless you are willing to let go of your resentments toward others, especially your parents, you cannot find the true solution to your problems. The third reason why most people fail to find lasting solutions, fulfillment, and love is that they keep struggling with and resenting their issues. Resenting and struggling only involves you more with the problems you are struggling with. So immersed and overwhelmed by the struggle do you become that you forget to stand back and get the big picture. The fourth reason why we never find love and salvation from all our ills is that we are looking for the wrong kind of love. We have a faulty idea of what love is, and so we look for the kind of love that glorifies us and which comforts our wrong self. When true love appears, perhaps in the form of patient correction of our errors, we avoid it because it makes us feel bad. Finally, most people never find the secret to life because of something called emotion. We all have been taught that feelings are a good thing and that we should give in to them. 
but feelings are, in fact, emotions and excitements that rise to get a grip on the mind and prevent it from reaching to heaven and finding the inner light. You may have noticed that I use terms like love, fulfillment, solutions, peace of mind, joy, and the secret to life almost interchangeably. This is because they are all the same thing. Find one, and you have found them all. I've often said that the grace that God offers us is a package deal. You get it all. So you either have it or you don't. If you don't have it, then you better search for it and do so sincerely. God is the answer. Find him and you found it all. All I can do is offer some clues to finding the way and provide a little bit of discussion about some of the things that tend to get in the way of meditating properly, finding the inner light, and relating to others properly. So that is what this book is about. The beautiful thing is that your problems, and most people have plenty of them, hold the key to your eventually conquering and rising above them. Currently, unless you are advanced on the meditative path to God, you are buried under layer upon layer of memories and conditioning based on reacting wrongly in the past. In this state, when a new issue comes along, the memories and conditioning of the past rise up and overpower you, drawing you down into the same emotions, worries, and ineffective remedies you used in the past. In this condition, even if you see that what you did in the past was ineffective, you still don't know what else to do. But let's say you begin to awaken, see the need for some changes, and start meditating. Let's say that the light dawns and you begin to experience repentance, the quiet purging of your errors in God's light. Now you are chastened and humbled. Now you have a little insight into how to handle things henceforth. You see, for example, that you must not resent others. You see that there are no true solutions to be found in worry and intellectual analysis. You see that most people are lost too, so you can't look to them for answers. Now you are on the path back to reason and dignity in God's light. And it is precisely now that problems are beneficial. Why? Because just as when, in order to develop practice and skill at playing the piano, you need a piano to practice on, so you need practice applying the new ways that grace makes possible. In order to be able to apply your newfound way of looking at life, you need issues to arise so that now you can practice your new way. Each new problem gives you the opportunity to remain patient, to look to intuition, and to move with the energy of love instead of impatience and resentment. Now relating to people and solutions properly, the word becomes flesh. The insight and understanding you are given in your moment of need, together with the power to remain patient, which you are given by God's grace, now is good for others and good for you too, as you bring forth the good from within. Now you overcome each issue the right way, and you stand in awe of the power of patience. And growing in grace, you find even more faith to face greater issues. James says it this way in his epistle, My brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you experience various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing.
that's the introduction to my book. If you find something of value in my little lectures, my videos and radio program and so on, I think you would like the books because they go into more depth and you can read a little bit and then stop at any point. See, if I'm talking, then I tend to get on a roll and I go on and on, which is nice. But it's also nice to be able to read something I wrote. Read until all of a sudden you see something. You say, oh, I see. And then at that point, you can put the book down and just stay with that little insight, that realization. And then perhaps a little flow will start for you. That realization will lead to another, or that insight leads to another and another. It's very sweet. You take it with you as you go through your daily activities. I hope you enjoyed this little talk about my new book, Tough Problems, Tender Solutions. I want to read you something beautiful. It's Paul's prayer, which you can find in his epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 14. I'm reading from the Jerusalem Bible that has a particularly nice translation. Paul's prayer. This then is what I pray, kneeling before the Father, from whom every family, whether spiritual or natural, takes its name. Out of his infinite glory, may he give you the power through his spirit for your hidden self to grow strong. Now, I'm going to stop there because if I read the whole thing, I'm going to pass by it without mentioning it. Did you notice the phrase, your hidden self? Somewhere in the Gospel of Thomas, Christ talks about a hand in a hand and a foot in a foot. We have an inner self, and this inner self grows one way or the other. You see, we're born, let's see if I can explain this to you. We're born first of the flesh, first of matter, and then later of the spirit. But we stand on the cusp of two dimensions, somewhere between heaven and hell. And depending upon the inclination of our soul, we, we move toward one or toward the other. Now, this is not the case for animals. They're purely natural. But human beings, there's this choice factor. And it's not even really a choice. It's an inclination, a yearning, a desire, a true love, if you will. See, there's a timeless realm, a realm of perfect patience, perfect love, perfect stillness. And when your soul, see, when your soul is aligned with God, then it is very close to that timeless realm. You're in the world, but not of the world. You're in the world, but it's a little distant. You're in the world, 
but you were very close to this timeless realm. Everything God does is magical. Look at a butterfly or the way the clouds move across the blue sky. Look at the sweetness in a little child. Look at the beauty of nature and you'll see magic everywhere. Well, God is perfectly capable of helping you get better, but you must find him, become still, and know that he is God. And you will find him, and he will come to your aid. In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. That's SheddingShackles.com Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as Evocación from the piano suite Iberia by the Spanish composer Isaac Albeniz, which you heard about five minutes ago. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We have an inner self. And this inner self grows one way or the other. You see, we're born... Let's see if I can explain this to you. We're born first of the flesh, first of matter, and then later of the spirit. But we stand on the cusp of two dimensions, somewhere between heaven and hell. And depending upon the inclination of our soul, we we move toward one or toward the other. Now, this is not the case for animals. They're purely natural. But human beings, there's this choice factor. And it's not even really a choice. It's an inclination, a yearning, a desire, a true love, if you will. Now, let's look at the, you know, when you put things on the board, like where you put pluses on one side and minuses on the other, you know. 
So let's look at what we have. Well, first of all, we're born of the flesh. So that means that initially we're inclined toward the flesh. Secondly, we're born with a nature that we inherit from Adam. This is the nature, the acquisitive nature, the ambitious nature, the restless nature, the nature that is subject to temptation. And we're born subject to authorities, wrong authorities, that preceded us, our parents and all the other authorities in our life. They represent this world. Maybe they do the best they can, but all they can do is struggle. They struggle and then they teach you how to struggle. That's all they can do. So you're born subject to wrong authorities, subject to temptation. You come into a fallen world, a world of tease, of challenge, of cruelty, of injustice. And sooner or later it gets to you. And when it gets to you, you respond angrily and resentfully. And before long, you get enmeshed in your struggle with all of that stuff, you see? But now, what's on the other side of the ledger? Well, on the other side is you are born with a gift, the gift of intuition from God. He gives you that gift by which you can see and by which you can know wordlessly, wordlessly now. You have that gift, and that gift from God comes from Him, and it's basically your ability to perceive in His inner light. And if you were to follow that inner light, you follow your intuition, it would lead you from one thing to another. It would lead you to make the right decisions, to say yes when instead of no, and no instead of yes, and turn right instead of left, and so on on a very delicate but wonderful journey through life that would lead you to God. So now, there you are. But God wanted to create love. He wanted to give us the ability to love Him. And in order to love Him, there has to be an alternative to Him. You see what I mean? So, we're born subject to tease and so on. We're born naturally selfish. And so we go through life. But then at a certain point, some of us begin to yearn for something more. We yearn for something more. And eventually he answers. Then we begin our journey back to him by way of his inner light. Back to him. And now we start a journey of discovery as if nothing, it's almost as if nothing had happened. So you're born, your parents, your mom hates your dad, your dad fails, he's angry. You go to school, other kids come from rotten homes, they tease and they're cruel. And the educational system is just pressure, education pressure, knowledge pressure, performance pressure, grade pressure. You fall into that and you get all messed up and you get very angry and you can form a rebel. And the more you can form a rebel, all you do is take that, it all comes in. It comes in. That's how the wrong self is formed inside the dark self. Because what's coming in through all those traumas where you re react wrongly to the outside, what's coming in is, is a self that is created from responding to temptation. That's basically the way I, I'll put it. So this is the dark self. And it's the self that's always there. It's like a false conscience. It talks to you in your mind. You think it's your own very own thinking, but it always 
gives you the wrong answers, inclines you in the wrong direction, makes wrong seem right and right seem wrong, and it avoids truth, and it teaches you to avoid the truth, and you're guilty because you, you know, you've resented some people, and you've been selfish, and so you, you go along with it, and it mis- misleads you. It's a wrong self that is formed out of the destruction, out of the destruction of what you could have been. What you have is consumed, and in the consumption, this other thing forms very slowly, inexorably. It takes shape. Now, when you come back over to the bright side, when God turns up the dimmer switch on the light and you begin to see your own wrongs, but this time you have a new attitude. Now you you incline toward the truth. You incline toward the truth. You lean toward the truth. It's like if you're having a tooth pulled, you know, instead of running from the dentist and running away, you you sit there in the chair and you you let the tooth be pulled. Do you see what I mean? Even though it's painful. So you incline toward the truth and it's a little painful because you have to see your own wrong, your own selfishness, your resentments, your hatreds, your phoniness with people, your impatience with your children. You have to see all that. You hated your mom, you hated your dad, you have to see that. And then a new self begins to grow in the light. A new self. And as it says here in Paul's prayer, your hidden self. May he, in other words, may God give you the power through his spirit for your hidden self to grow strong. But now, I never did get to the point that I wanted to get to very, very quickly. And that is that from the time you were a little child until the light begins to dawn and you you make the transition from death to life in your moment of repentance. Before that, there was a lot of water under the bridge. A lot of things happened. You raged and you were hurt and you were angry and you were unhappy and you struggled and you... It was just a lot of bad stuff. But you know what? When you make the transition over to God, to the light, and you begin to walk in the light, then eventually it's as if that stuff never happened. All that remains is a beautiful, blessed present. Yeah, there's a period of weeks, months, maybe even years, where you do have to, there's a review process. Every day you see a little bit from your past. One day you suddenly realize that you hated your sister. I'm just making something up. You see it, and but now you see it in, in God's light, and you're sad about what you see. You regret. Now you see she couldn't help herself. And you see your own error, and you're sorry. You don't hate her anymore, you see? And you let it go. But then you see very subtle things, very subtle errors that you've made, subtle wrong moves, subtle subtle efforts, subtle tensions. You see it in God's light. And then one day it's as if the past never happened. Okay? Now let me continue. I'll start again. This then is what I pray, kneeling before the Father from whom every family, whether spiritual or natural, takes its name. Out of his infinite glory, may he give you the power through his Spirit for your hidden self to grow strong so that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. And then, 
planted in love and built on love, you will with all the saints have strength to grasp the breadth and the length, the height and the depth, until knowing the love of Christ, which is beyond all knowledge, you are filled with the utter fullness of God. That's very beautiful. The utter fullness of God. I think Father Dubay, I think he called it the utter fullness, the utter fullness of God. Isn't that beautiful to describe his greatness, his wonderfulness, that's beyond any words? So you can imagine, all you have to do is look at a flower. In our front patio, we have a cactus, and this cactus has sat there for years. It's not a very attractive looking thing as far as plants go, just sort of a green, oddly shaped thing. But this year it's making beautiful flowers. The most beautiful, bright, purple flower you could imagine. But when I see that, you know what I realize? That God put something of that wonderfulness, that beauty, that love that was put into making it. Every aspect of that beautiful flower somehow just tells you about its creator. You know, if you see a picture painted, you know something about the artist. The flower tells you something about the artist, God, our Heavenly Father. And so now, I just want to leave you with this. This beautiful little prayer talks about asks that and said that you will with all the saints have the strength to grasp the breadth and the length, the height and the depth until knowing the love of Christ, which is beyond all knowledge, you are filled with the utter fullness of God. So if you can imagine the wonder of that flower, the creativity, the genius, the beauty, the substance, the elegance of that flower. Can you imagine the wonderfulness of the love that comes through Christ from God? Could you imagine what that must be like? It must be utterly wonderful and elegant and sweet and strong and kind and beautiful. It's just beyond words. So I like that. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. <laughs>